Amen. Let's open our Bibles, please, to Hebrews chapter 4. The book of Hebrews chapter 4. And we're going to begin reading in verse uh, 9. And we'll read responsively through verse 13. That means I will read the first verse. We'll read the second verse together. And uh, so on. Hebrews chapter 4. And verse 9. And shall we stand, please, for the reading of God's Word. Hebrews 4, verse 9. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So look at verse 9. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. And then it says in verse 11, let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. And so we want to talk about this morning uh, the rest to the people of God. Uh, God has given this to us. Will we rest in His work, or will we labor on toiling, struggling, and uh, not succeeding? Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that You'd bless the message. I yield to the Holy Spirit the best way I know how. Uh, we realize that we are but flesh. Uh, our lives are but a vapor, smoke that shall soon vanish away. We pray that you'd bless this time. Give us power and unction from the Holy Spirit to preach the word. May it fall on good hearts and good ground. We pray that you'd open our eyes of our understanding. Help us to receive the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cruel cross of Calvary and to believe and labor by faith to enter in to that rest. There remaineth a rest to the people of God. Help us to understand what this means. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. A rest to the people of God. In life, uh, there are many very important aspects of life. What we want to talk about this morning is work and labor and then rest. We have physical labor, we have mental labor, we have emotional labor. It's a part of life. We want to balance these things. Work and relaxation or labor and then rest. And this is important because you cannot have one without the other. You can't work all the time and not rest. 
I've known workaholics in life. They're afraid of resting. They're afraid of uh, just relaxing for a while. And they use work as an escape. They are uh, work addicts, so they work, work, work. Um, and then you have other people, though, who are lazy, and what the Bible calls slothful or sluggards, that never work, and their whole life is nothing, but they think they're resting, but they're not. So you have to labor to rest. You have to rest to labor. Can't work all the time, and you can't rest all the time. This is a part of life because we are made in the image of God. We have to accept who God is in his sovereignty and providence and to obey these principles by faith. So God set the example. God labored, then God rested. We are told in the book of Genesis that he, he labored six days to make the creation on the seventh day, he rested. So this is based upon the great sabbatical week of creation, also spiritual refreshing and renewal. You have to labor and you have to have rest. And then God-given salvation. How? What must I do to be saved? We must rest, not in our labor, but rest in the finished work of God that he sent his son and labored for us. He suffered for us. He lived the law for us. He shed his blood for us. He was buried three days for us and praise the Lord. He got back up and rose from the dead for us and he did all the work and we must by faith rest in what he has done for us. So in the Old Testament law, there was the Sabbath. The Sabbath was the day of rest. And it, this was typified after God himself and the creation. So he created for six days. He rested the seventh day. So Israel, under the law in the Old Testament, they could labor for six days. But on the seventh day, the Sabbath they had to rest. They had to refrain from all labor. They needed to take time to relax, regroup, rest. It's God's way for health. You know, the Bible tells us that the farmers are supposed to let the land rest every seven years. One of the reasons America is so sick is we have sick soil. We have sick, depleted dirt that the farmers are greedy, covetous. They don't want to obey the Bible. They don't believe God. They don't want to let the land rest every seven years uh, to replenish, and God will use that time to make the soil healthy again and replenish the nutrients again. But what happens? People are greedy. They're uh, covetous, and the Bible says covetousness is idolatry. They do not want to follow biblical principles, and the average person, they don't want to take time to rest in the work of God mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, 
we are to observe the principle of the Sabbath. Now, we're not under the law, praise the Lord. We're not under the curse of the law. The Bible says the handwriting of the ordinances that were against us, Jesus nailed them to his cross so that we're set free. And now we are saved by grace through faith. Not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So how are we saved? We are saved simply by resting in the work of God. It's just that simple. Let God do the work for you. Let God keep the law for you. Let God make the sacrifice for you. Let God struggle and toil for you. And then rest in His work. You know, but Christendom is full of churches who want to add to what Jesus did or take from what Jesus did. And we always use the saying, it's Jesus Christ, plus nothing, minus nothing. He did everything for us. I rest in Him. I trust in the finished work of Christ on Calvary. Now, in the Bible, in Romans 2.7, the Jews, it says... Thou art called a Jew, and you rest in the law. This was the indictment against the religious Jews. They did not rest in Christ. They rested in keeping ceremonies, rituals, um, sacraments, these types of things. They did not rest in the finished work of Christ. In Exodus 5.5, the Bible says, Make them rest from their burdens. Make them. In Joshua 1, it says, The Lord God hath given thee, what? Rest. He has given rest to the people of God. There remaineth a rest to the people of God. And the Bible says, He giveth rest for our weary souls. In Job chapter 11, verse 18, it says, Thou shalt take thy rest in safety. So God, created in six days, rested. God, commanded in the law, Israel in the Old Testament, you have six days, and it says, you have six days to labor. Do all thy labor therein. But on the seventh day, this is a holy day, you must rest and refrain from all physical labor. Now, why is that so important? Because the resting physically is to remind us that God did all the work. That God labored for us, lived the law for us, sent His Son for us, Amen. shed His blood for us, was buried three days for us, rose again, and we need to rest in His work. And the Bible says if you don't do that, you have an evil heart of unbelief. But if you believe God and you hear that word uh, that you can be saved by grace through faith and then you mix that word with faith, you say, I believe that, I trust in the work of God. Thou shalt be saved. Now, right now you're sitting on pews. I hope they're semi-comfortable. Are you trusting yourself to hold yourself up or are you trusting that pew to help you hold you up? I imagine you're holding, you're trusting in the pew to hold you up, right? 
That's how you get saved. You don't trust in yourself to get you to heaven. You don't trust in your own life and your goodness and your religion and being a good citizen to get you to heaven. You trust in the work of Jesus Christ that he did it all for you. And what, what did he say on the cross when it, when it was all over? It is finished. Why is it that a lot of people won't let it be finished? They will add to Christ. They will take from Christ. They will trust in anything other than Christ simply than finding rest for their soul. You know, the world is a very sad place. They're struggling. They're suffering. They're miserable. They have more money than they've ever had, a higher standard of living than they've ever had. They have all these benefits of a luxurious life, modern technology, but inside they're struggling. Inside, that's why, you know, you look at the, uh, the symptoms of modern America with all the health problems, anxiety, they can't relax. Insomnia, they cannot sleep. Indigestion, they cannot digest their food properly. Fear strikes their heart. Anger comes up. They're road rage. They're so mad. They don't have any peace. They don't have any, any trust in the finished work of Christ on Calvary. They're not resting in the work of God. They don't have rest in their souls. And so what do they do? They're always looking for a way to relax. They want to go on vacation. They want to go to a resort. They want to go to a spa. They want to go to a sauna. They want to get a massage. They want to get uh, uh, an, an adjustment. All these things. And very few people want to rest in Christ. Jesus Christ is all I need. We sing, He's all that I need. That's why we, all, we sing the song, More About Jesus Would I Know. This is all I need. Jesus Christ minus nothing, plus nothing. He has the preeminence. So, we need physical rest. You know how you, you gain muscle mass as you, you work out? Maybe you pump some iron, you tear your muscles, and then what do you do? You give a period of time for rest and regrowth, and you get stronger. But if you if you, if you lifted weights every day, all day, every day, it's, it's not going to benefit properly. But then on the other hand, some people, they don't want to do anything. They just want to, what do you call it, a couch potato. Yeah, they just want to sit there and eat another bag of Lay's, um, or unless you like ruffles, have ridges. But uh, wh wh whatever you like, but they, they don't, they don't want to uh, work. They don't want to get a job, and that's why the Bible says, if any man would not work, neither should he eat. We need physical labor and rest. And then we need what? Mental labor and rest. The Bible says you study to show thyself. Work hard, focus, memorize, meditate, and then hide the word in your heart. And then what do you do? Nothing. You And God does all the work after you labored, you rest, and then you have rest under your souls. Salvation. This is what we're talking about. In Proverbs, I'm sorry, Psalm 37, 5, 
Rest in the Lord. I love this verse. Wait patiently for Him. Rest in Him. Wait. You know, sometimes we get ahead of God. We get too anxious. We're too busy. We want to force things to happen. Just rest in the Lord. Wait on His timing. He knows how to open a door. When He opens that door, you walk through it. When He shuts the door, don't try to knock it down. Let God be God. Rest in Him. You know, when, when you accept this and live by faith, you have such joy, such peace. Why? You can trust in the Lord. I'm just trusting in Him. God will work this out. I don't have to get frustrated. I don't have to get angry. I don't have to try to force something. I'm going to wait on the Lord. God's going to work this out. I rest in Him. I wait patiently for the Lord. In Isaiah 57, 2, what a verse. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. They have no peace in their heart. They will never have peace throughout eternity. And they will not accept the one true God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. You know what that one God did? He labored for six days. He rested on the Sabbath. James 5.4, he is called the Lord of the Sabbath, Lord of Sabaoth. So in that rest, it's not sitting on the couch, though we need to do that. It's not sleeping or taking a nap or getting a good night's sleep, though that's important physically. It's not a vacation or going to some beach that you think is really going to help you recover, because I, I know what it's like. Most people need a vacation from their vacation. I've seen a lot of people plan, and, and I go on vacation every year. I try to, Lord willing. But I don't trust in the vacation to give me rest. I come back tired because we drive a long distance. I hate sleeping in hotels. I don't like uh, eating out all the time. And I usually come back, and, you know, I need a couple days to recover from my great vacation. <laughs> but 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 that's not that's not Bible rest. Bible rest is by faith. You just accept God worked for you, and I'm going to trust and rest in the work God has done for me, and it changes your whole life, changes your emotions, changes the way you think, it changes your physical health, and it changes your finances. The tithe is the Lord's. God will bless you if you put God first. Now, in Psalm 38, 3, David said, when he was not right with God, neither is there rest in my bones. Now, the Bible teaches that health comes out of the bones. The red blood marrow and the, and the white, uh, all these things happen in the, in the uh, corpuscles, all these things happen that gives us good health. Uh, David said, when I wasn't right and I sinned against God, I couldn't get any rest. I was troubled. I was miserable. I was fidgeting. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't digest my food. He even said there was water in his bowels. That's one of the worst things that can ever happen to you, if you know what that means. He was, uh, had no rest in his soul. In Psalm 55, 6, he said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, 
for then would I fly away, and then I would find rest unto my soul. Now, I thought that. I said, I wish, you know, I wish I could just get away. But what does that mean? There is nowhere to get away. That's why this is the rapture. I love what Psalm 90 says, I shall fly away. I, we all, if you're saved, you have a one-way ticket to heaven. Your reservation's made. Nobody can change it. God's going to make it happen. We're going up to meet the Lord in the air. I shall fly away. But we're all tempted to get out of here. Now, if I could just get away, and then, you know, the grass isn't greener. It's probably burnt, dead, sticker grass. Uh, uh, you're going to be like a goat, get your horns stuck in the fence trying to get the grass on the other side. Um, it, it's not better somewhere else. Life is life no matter where you're at. That's what it is. You got to pay the bills. You have to get up. You have to be responsible. You have to labor. And life is uh, stewardship. You have to manage. In Psalm 116, verse 7, it says, Return unto thy rest, O my soul. For the Lord hath dealt bountifully. You know, sometimes we quit resting in his work and we think we've got to do it and we get real anxious and angry or excited. And then we realize I've left his rest. I have. And then God will remind us, I'm going to return to the rest, the rest for my soul. In Psalm 132, 14, it says, this is my rest forever. Here will I dwell, for I have desired it. And it's talking about the house of God and the will of God. This is my rest forever. So in the Old Testament, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And the Bible says that all of those sacrifices, ceremonies, feast days, holy days, Sabbaths, rituals, were a shadow of good things to come. These were a type or image or shadow of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. And all those things which they did, it was impossible for the blood of goats and bulls to forgive and cleanse sin. But the Bible tells us, praise the Lord, Jesus Christ by himself died unto sin once, but he ever liveth unto God. And when he rose from the dead, he went to heaven, sat down on the right hand of the Father, and he ever liveth to make intercession for us. And the Bible says because of that, we are saved to the uttermost. You could not be more saved if you're saved. You could not be more lost if you're lost. And the way to go from being lost to be saved is to admit you are lost and then realize all of my labor is vanity. There's not one thing I can do to get one inch closer to heaven. But Jesus Christ paid it all. And all to him I owe. And Paul said, I'm a debtor both to the Jew and the Greek. Because why? 
God worked for us. He labored for us. And then he rested the seventh day. And then he gave the law as a picture of what Jesus Christ was going to do for us on the cross of Calvary. Now, a lot of people read the Old Testament and they get upset about it because it, it's very cruel and very merciless. Uh, many of you have read about the man. It was the Sabbath day. The, what his crime was, apparently, he was either cold and needed warmth or his wife wanted to cook. And he went out and he was gathering firewood. And the Israel elders caught him and immediately he was arrested, he was brought to trial, and he was sentenced to death. And all he was doing was getting firewood. But you know when he was getting that firewood? on the day of rest. He was gathering firewood on the Sabbath day, and this was a picture of not ceasing from his own works, but continuing to work and to struggle and not accepting the principle of the Sabbath or the day of rest. You know why Moses couldn't enter the promised land? He smote the rock twice. Say, so what is the big crime about hitting the rock twice because that rock was Jesus Christ. And how many times did Jesus Christ die? One time. And he ever liveth to make intercession for us. And it was a type that you cannot smite the rock two times. You cannot do it your way. You cannot continue to struggle and labor. You must let God do all the work for you and then rest in his work. I want to look at some verses in Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3, and I want to begin looking at verse 7. And I want you to read this with me and to be honest and open with yourself. Are you resting in the work of Christ? Or could it be that you're continuing to struggle in your own labors? Hebrews 3 Verse 7, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my works. You see that? Forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, They do err, always err in their heart. They have not known my days. So I swear in my wrath. Look at verse 11 they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any uh, of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steady unto the end. While it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. Now look at verse 17. But with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell into the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? But to them that believe not. So we see 
that they could not enter in because of unbelief. When Israel came out of Egypt, they were slaves for 400 years. God set them free. All he wanted them to do was let him do all the work for them. He would provide for them. He would protect them. He would work all the miracles for them. But they were hardened in their heart. They had a heart of unbelief. And because of that, God said, they will not enter into my rest. Now, we read in Hebrews 4, it seems like a paradox. Labor to enter into his rest. Let God do all the work. And then you, by faith, remind yourself and keep living by faith, keep trusting in the Lord, keep resting in the Lord, continue labor to enter into that rest. Now, most people, sad to say, like it said, they'll do it for a while, but at some point they'll say, you know, I've got to add to this. There's something I must do to contribute. But true Christianity, Bible salvation, God did all the work. I trust in Him. I rest in the Lord. And so it says, they, those who didn't go into Canaan, number one, they had a hardened heart. Number two, they had a heart of unbelief. When this happens, that provoked God to anger. And when that happened, it grieved the Lord. It made him very sad and sorrowful in his heart. And then it says, God rejected them. They will not enter into his rest. Proverbs 29.9 is talking about the fool. Whether he rage or laugh, there is no rest. You know, a lot of people want to get mad all the time, take it out on somebody, make threats road rage, grit your teeth, you know, <laughs> uh, there's no rest in that. And then other people, they want to go to the comedy club and tell jokes all the time and be casual and half, you know, lighthearted, always telling jokes and things. There's no rest in that. Whether you rage or whether you laugh, there's no rest. But there is a rest that remaineth to the people of God. So what does it say? Today. Do it now. Right now. Do not put off trusting in the work of God and resting in His finished work. Amen. Let God be God. So number one, there's a timeliness to this. You can't say I'll do it next week or next month or next year. Today. Rest in the work of God. Look what chapter 4 Look what verse 1 says of Hebrews. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into His rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. We ought to have a reverential awe of an urgency. I fear not resting. I need to get my rest. I've been working hard. I need to get my rest. No, God's been working hard. I need to rest in Him. Did you know the Bible says we are kept by the power of God? Kept. 
Did you know the Bible says we are eternally preserved in Christ Jesus and it is impossible to be lost once you're saved? You have eternal security and the Bible says that it, no man can pluck them out of my Father's hand. You have the work of God. Even to this, throughout eternity, God will keep us saved. I trust in Him. And then what does it say? You have to mix the word with faith. So look at verse 2 of chapter 4. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Jeremiah 6.6, 6, Ye shall find rest for your souls. Now, In Matthew 11, we conclude, Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you. Let me pull the weight for you. My burden is, it's easy and it's light. And what did he say? Ye shall find rest unto your souls. So I asked you the question. We're all in a, a yoke. And the Bible says, yoke not up with unbelievers. So if you've ever seen a yoke of oxen, it's a long piece of carved wood. Two oxen's necks go through it. They're hooked up to a plow. They begin to plow the field. And either that person is doing all the work, or they're with another person, and they're saying, why aren't you doing your, you know how that goes. Are you going to pull your load in this outfit? You know, are you going to carry your load? They're struggling, pulling. Or you're in the yoke with Jesus Christ, and you're laboring, but he's doing all the work. The Bible says we are co-laborers with Christ. We are working together with him. But when you're in the yoke, it's easy. It's light. You find rest on yourself. Why? I'm not on my own. I'm not doing this by myself. Jesus Christ is doing the work. Why? He lived the law for you. He shed his blood for you. He laid down his life for you. He, he was buried for you. He rose from the dead for you. He was seen of men for, for you and angels. He went to heaven for you. He sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat for you. He sat down on the right hand of the Father. And he right now is your defense attorney, your advocate, pleading your case and the Bible says, even in the book of Revelation, he's still the Lamb of God. Why? The Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world, he'll be the Lamb of God that was slain a billion eons into eternity, and we are saved to the uttermost, and no man, no man can pluck them out of my Father's hand. Now, this is the record, God's Word, that God hath given us his Son, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. And these things have I written unto you, that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And if you believe on the name of the Son of God, it's not a hope so or I might have it. No, you know it because God promised it, and God labored for six days, rested on the seventh, and Jesus Christ finished it on Calvary. 
And because of that, I know I'm saved. Nothing that I've done. He did all the work for me. And how do you rest? By faith. I believe what God said. I trust in God's word. It's impossible for God to lie. I rest in the work of Christ. Amen. There remaineth a rest to the people of God. All right, let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. I'd ask that no one is leaving. No one is looking around. This is a very important part of the service. I want you to put aside the cares of this life and just think about this principle in your salvation. Are you miserable? Are you struggling? Are you still trying to work your way through life? Are you still trying to struggle and labor your way through life? And then as far as your eternal salvation, have you ever got to the point in your life where you were born again and there was a moment where you said between you and God in your heart, I believe that Jesus Christ died for me, shed his blood for me, was buried for me, rose from the dead for me. And right here and now, I'm settling it. The old account's getting settled. I am trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ is my way to heaven. I'm not going to add to it. I'm not going to take from it. Jesus Christ, plus nothing, minus nothing. Jesus is my all and my all. Amen. Don't try to add to it. Don't think you can lose it. Because if you think you can lose it, that means you bought it or you earned it. And this is the difference between resting in the work of God and, and trying to add to it with your own labor. Now, I asked you a very important question. If you were to die right now, do you know 100% you'd go to heaven? Because of why? 